0: to your journey on Wellness Way. My name is Kim Lewicks. I'm a registered yoga instructor through Yoga Alliance and a certified Ayurvedic wellness counselor. On this podcast, we will discuss ways for enhancing our health through nutrition, fitness, aromatherapy, bodywork, daily routines, and the general connection of mind, body, and spirit. My goal is to share my past and current explorations in the systems of yoga and Ayurveda, which is the ancient traditional science of life, to create more joy, more vibrancy, sustainability and longevity for ourselves and for our community. Please join me on Wellness Way. Welcome, listeners. This is my second installment of On Wellness Way. The very first podcast last week was an introduction, a short one, to myself and my intentions for this venue. Um, As a blogger for over five years now, I'm very excited to take my explorations and discoveries to this new level one that is more intimate yet still accessible to your particular schedule. So whether you're walking in nature today or you're cleaning your house or you're even driving in your car, I'm happy that we can connect and that you have chosen to begin this journey with me. As I mentioned last week, it's my immediate goal to take from now until the end of spring to break down the concept of Ayurveda, which is the ancient science of life into its ABC's after studying the system along with yoga for about three decades now it's a vast one and it deserves to be broken down and delivered in a clear concise way so that you can have usable bits I've developed a plan so we're going to start with that today and then we're going to be presenting a topic each week that will hone in on specific details of Ayurveda and give you some tips for incorporating the wisdom of this ancient science into your life. So we'll get started right away with letter A. A stands for, of course, Ayurveda. And the word Ayurveda is made up of two Sanskrit words. Aryu, which is life, and Veda, which means wisdom, knowledge, or science. While I'm on the subject of Sanskrit, I want to explain that although the roots of yoga and Ayurveda come from the Sanskrit language, you won't need to study it to understand our talks. I will always try to break down any terms that we use so that you have a clear understanding of the language. Sanskrit is a classical language of India and it was used in mostly in ancient times by scholars. It's a root language, like Latin, that isn't currently a spoken language. It's more of a written language of knowledge, and many of the ancient texts have been um, written in Sanskrit and now, in recent times, deciphered so that individuals can access and learn these ancient teachings. So I want to talk a little bit about the history of Ayurveda. It's a traditional form of medicine. And it originates from the Vedic period in India, which occurred around 4000 to 1000 BCE. And around 900 BCE, um, these scholars, three major important ones, wrote down the principles that were mainly just passed on um, from person to person. And now to this day, their texts are used by Ayurvedic students to learn the science of Ayurvedic medicine. One of the scholars who is known as the father and the oldest of um, Ayurvedic medicine is Cherika, and his book is called The Cherika Samhita. His writings are similar to the current day subject of internal medicine, and he explains healing in terms of diet, herbs, and purification techniques. There's a second scholar, and his name was Shashruta, and he was the father of surgery, and then the text that I learned mostly from in my teachings was the work of Vagbahada, and he wrote the Ashtanga Hridayam, which brings all of the aspects of Ayurveda together into one concise, poetic collection of verses. In this set of chapters, each word is known to be essential and learned by memory by students, so that these practitioners can begin to fully understand and incorporate all of the important subjects of Ayurveda. So from time to time we'll be referring um, to the Ashtanga Hardayam as it again brings the entire content of Ayurvedic study into one collection. So I want to turn now to pointing out the four unique aspects of Ayurveda and one is that Ayurveda sees a person as a whole being. Ayurveda considers every aspect of the human system by recognizing that we all exist on a physical, social, familial, spiritual, emotional, intellectual, behavioral, and cosmic level. We are not just a body, but a body, mind, and soul. Traditionally, yoga was concerned with the spiritual side of life. And Ayurveda dealt with the physical and the mental aspects of an individual. And that's why together they are known as the sister sciences. One doesn't exist without the other. In today's variety of alternative therapies, there are many practices that address the whole of a person. But Western medicine isn't typically known for this. It tends to separate rather than join the aspects of a person. And what I've learned during my Ayurvedic training is that there can be no separation of the parts of a person. Whether the condition is gut-related, mental, or nerve-related, the whole person should be addressed as it's truly the only way to restore true health and well-being. And not just for ourselves, but as a culture collectively. So the second way that Ayurveda is unique is that it respects the uniqueness of a person. We are made up of so many different qualities that make us the individuals that we are. So we need unique ways of maintaining our homeostasis or our balance and it's all based on nature. There's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all therapy in Ayurveda. And the third Aspect of Ayurveda is that it helps us identify with the rhythm of nature and that's what Ayurveda is it's the connection of nature we are living life which Ayurveda considers to be the period of time where an uninterrupted flow of nature occurs through form that's what life is defined as in Ayurveda Ayurveda. Therefore, we should learn to thrive with the rhythm of nature and all of its phases and all of the connections we form with nature. And it makes sense because we utilize nature's routines and remedies to heal and balance ourselves in Ayurveda. We're definitely connected and influenced by by our environment, right? Whether it's the changing of the seasons or the movement of the day into the night, or specifically on what we bring in, the quality of air, the types of food we eat and the quality of the food we eat, and even the interactions we have, people in our lives that we come across. It's a continuing balancing act to keep in tune with nature, our environment, um, on an individual basis and on a universal basis. And finally, Ayurveda views health to be the responsibility of the individual. Its motto is, you are your own healer. So in identifying any type of a problem, Ayurvedic counselors can help the person to understand the root cause of its imbalance, but the real healing is done by the individual, the true healer, you. Our disease state, or should I say our dis Ease can exist as an imbalance at the physical, mental, or spiritual level, or a combination of all of those different levels. But we can take responsibility for our health through the choices that we make. right? Then when and what we choose to eat, how much sleep we get each night, and through our relationships and who and how we interact with and our environment as a whole, and how we deal with that. When we do encounter imbalance, we should get, decide, get to decide how to manage it through our diet, our exercise, mindfulness practices, and other daily regimens that we take on. Ayurveda then becomes the ultimate preventative medicine in that way. So now that I've given you an idea of the history and the basic qualities that typically define and describe Ayurveda, I'd like to share a wonderful lesson from one of my teachers, Dr. Jaya Rajan Kodikanath, who we call Dr. J, for obvious reasons. And as I spoke before, there is a compilation of verses called the Ashtanga Hrdayam that speak of all the lessons of Ayurveda. And each verse is made up of a vast amount of knowledge because each word can represent an entire concept. In yoga and in Ayurveda, a verse is called a sutra, which means in Sanskrit, thread. And I think that this is a wonderful, fluid description for a collection of words. In the case of this text, it is said that a single verse can take up to four to six months to teach. Amazing. That's evidence that this system can certainly be studied for over a lifetime. But having said that, I'd first like to give you a brief explanation of what the very first verse of the Ashtanga Hadam says. Its author, Vagbada, says that most of the human suffering starts from just two aspects of the mind. If you are a human being... Number one, your mind will constantly remind you of what you don't have or what you wish you could have. This is a human tendency, not your specific problem or my specific problem. The second aspect that our mind will constantly tell us is that there are things we have or possess that we don't want to have, like that one wrinkle or pimple, that one white hair or the additional five pounds on the body, and this will keep us troubled and anxious. So these two dilemmas are the primary sources of our suffering. One, what we have that we wish we didn't have. And two, what we don't have that we wish we had. And this is so true, isn't it? And it doesn't matter which part of the world we come from or what our economic status is. Many very rich people who have everything are also suffering from these same dilemmas. So it's not about whether we are rich or poor. It's a human problem. Our minds create and identify with these conflicts. They are our desires and our aversions or our dislikes. But the real reality is that even when we have so much that we should be grateful for, our mind keeps telling us that either we don't have enough or that we possess certain things that we would not like to have. And we see these things as our burdens. In his discussion of this, my teacher, Dr. Jay, reminded us that although some of our burdens are ranked more significantly than others, if we have access to health care, live in a small house or apartment or some form of shelter, and can receive three meals a day, that what we have is more than about what 80% of other humans living on this planet possess. So my wellness tip for you today is to remind yourself every day how blessed you are so that you can start your day off with a feeling of abundance. Just two minutes of self-reflection to acknowledge that even though you may have problems, you also have blessings and things that you can be grateful for. And when we initiate each day with positivity, our minds start to realize that we are fortunate. This will reduce our suffering, our anxiety, our restlessness. And it will create a grounded start for each day. And when we feel abundant, we can also give more of ourselves to others. And that's what the nature of true healing is all about you have the ability to heal your unique body, mind, and spirit complex. So as we wrap things up, I would like to ask that if you have any specific requests or if you'd like to focus more deeply on any one aspect of wellness, can you please be sure to leave your comments in this podcast comment box. So that we can incorporate or I can incorporate and steer the content towards the needs of you, my listeners. And maybe even share your comments and questions in my future episodes. Because this is our journey together. Namaste.